Hello and welcome to Two Guys One Game. In this video, we're going to take a look at the games of everyone's favourite bird and bear combo, Banjo Kazooie. We aren't looking at cameo appearances here, so there'll be no Diddy Kong Racing or Smash Brothers, I'm afraid. With that in mind, let's get started. The original Banjo Kazooie game was released in the distant past of 1998 for the Nintendo 64 by Rare, who at the time could do no wrong after releasing classics like GoldenEye, Blast Core, and Diddy Kong Racing on the N64, where Banjo actually made his debut, but without Kazooie. The game was a huge hit, and rightly so, since Microsoft bought Rare, the game has also made its way to the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One in glorious HD, which is the version you're seeing here, because as much as I love the N64 version, let's face it, this is the best version of the game. As was the case with a lot of N64 games, after the success of Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie is a 3D platform game where you have to save Banjo's sister Tootie, who has been kidnapped by the evil rhyming hag Grunthilda, who was going to use her to steal her beauty and youth. So you set off with your trusty friend Kazooie, who lives in your backpack through Grunthilda's lair, which contains nine worlds filled with musical notes and jiggies that you'll need to progress. Each world has 10 jiggies hidden in it for you to find. These are often given to you as a reward for completing a task from a character you meet or defeating a boss, or they might just be found in hard to reach places in the level. One of each, one of the jiggies on each level is awarded for finding the five Jinjos on each level. Jinjos are these weird brightly coloured creatures that claim to have been captured by Grunty, but they're always just standing around the levels doing not a lot, so I think they're just lazy. Either way, pretty much all of the jiggies are fun to find. The tasks you get are always varied, one minute you're hunting for a pirate's lost treasure, the next you have to unblock a toilet in a haunted mansion. You're always kept on your toes. The levels themselves are all fun too, my personal favourite being Mad Monster Mansion, but that's because I'm a sucker for anything spooky. In fact, the only levels that feel a little bit of a chore for me are Clanker's Cavern and Rusty Bucket Bay. Both of these have an emphasis on swimming. I don't think it's a coincidence, as water levels and games always seem to have a reputation for being annoying. Having said that, they do all look fantastic. In fact, the whole game looks great. The levels have a huge amount of variety between them. You'll be visiting forests, deserts, swamps, and like I mentioned, haunted houses. Every level comes with its own enemies too. This is always a nice touch and makes them feel more unique. You'll need the jiggies you collect to open new levels, and you'll also need to grab as many of the musical notes you find on each level, as you need these to open the new areas of Grunty's lair. There's a hundred on each level, and while you don't need to collect every single jiggy and note in the game, it's the kind of one that makes you want to. Controlling Banjo on both the N64 and Xbox is great. He's very responsive and he has an impressive amount of abilities to help him traverse his worlds. As well as the usual running and jumping, you can learn a buttload of new moves by talking to Bottles the Mole. You'll need to seek him out on every level and he'll teach you the new moves. You'll soon be able to fly with Kazooie, use jump pads to reach high areas, and you'll even forget to fire eggs at enemies. As well as these abilities, there's also a shaman called Mumbo Jumbo who transforms you into various forms on most levels, like an ant, a bee, or if you're lucky, a washing machine. Most levels have jiggies that you need to be transformed to reach as well. Something that shines through the game is its humour. I'm going to be patriotic here and put this down to it being developed by a British company. The banter between the characters is also fun to read, with everyone constantly just insulting each other. And Grunty always talks in rhymes, which some people find annoying, but I quite like it. And finally, we can't not mention the music, which is just outstanding. The main theme in Grunty's Lair especially, which is a take on the If You Go Down To The Woods Today tune, is just awesome. And the way the music changes subtly depending on which area of the map you're in is amazing. It's the same tune played, but on different instruments that suit the level. It's done so well, it will stick in your head for years. There's much more I could say about Banjo-Kazooie, but I'm going to guess that most people already know about it. If not, just take my word for it. It's a fantastic game packed with things to do, there's hidden secrets everywhere that you'll have a blast finding.
It was a no-brainer that a sequel would be on its way, and in 2000, Rare released the amusingly named Banjo-Tooie for the N64, and of course, this also got released for the Xbox 360 and Xbox One later too. Fun fact, I remember buying this at the same time my brother bought Donkey Kong 64 in Melbourne Airport on our way back to the UK. Anyway, this time, Grunty, who is now a skeleton, has been revived by her two sisters, Mingella and Blob Elder, who use a giant digging machine like the ones you see in the Ninja Turtles cartoons to enter Spiral Mountain. Grunty destroys Banjo's house, which kills Bottles the Mole. Luckily, Grunty and her sisters have made a machine that's going to stop her being a skeleton, so Banjo sets out to stop her and to use the machine to bring Bottles back to life. In terms of gameplay, Banjo-Tooie is largely the same as the first. You have to collect jiggies and notes to open up new areas of the huge map, and you'll eventually have enough to take on Grunty and her sisters. There have been some upgrades here. The graphics have been greatly improved, with a noticeable amount more detail, and the lighting and shadows all look great. However, if you are playing on the N64, this comes at the price of precious frame rate issues. Sadly, a lot of the time you'll get dips in speed. Sometimes it's not a lot, but other times it's when there's only a few enemies and items on screen, and it does slow down a fair bit, especially in the first person areas. It's never enough to ruin the fun, but it is noticeable. Thankfully this was fixed for the Xbox versions, another reason I'd recommend those over the N64 ones. Banjo's moveset also gets an upgrade. You start out with all of the moves you learnt in the first game, and this time you learn new moves from Army Mole Jam Jars, who also takes over the role of the character who talks in rhyme. The moves you learn here are all very handy, like being able to grab onto ledges, an ability that was really missing in the first game. You can also learn to hold Kazooie like a rifle in certain sections of the game which turn it into a first person shooter. There's a few different types of eggs you can collect now too, like grenades and ice eggs, which all help out with the puzzles throughout the game. This time round, you also get to separate Banjo and Kazooie, with each of them having their own movesets. This opens up a whole load of new puzzle elements, and it's great to see Kazooie doing her thing. Also, Mumbo Jumbo is back, but this time he's a playable character. You get to use him to cast spells around the levels, he's great to play as. You can still get transformed into various things, but this time it's the sexy female shaman Humba Wumba who will be doing the transforming. The other thing that has a pretty huge upgrade is the game's world. It's huge, not just the overworld, but the levels themselves too. In fact, it's all so expansive that there's various train stations littered throughout the game to help you navigate it. You have another 9 levels to get through here, which surprisingly all feel very different from the first game, maybe with the exception of the first level, Mayhem Temple. This time you'll visit a grunty themed theme park, pterodactyl land filled with dinosaurs and hellfire peaks, which is the usual mix of fire and ice put together. One of the new features is that many of the levels are connected to each other, but you can't take advantage of this until you've unlocked both worlds most of the time. This means that early levels contain jiggies that are tantalisingly out of reach until much later in the game, something that wasn't really the case in the first one. And while this is a good idea, the levels and the game world overall becomes overly complicated and confusing. There's times where you spend hours wandering around because you can't remember where you spotted that secret passage from three levels ago. It can be very frustrating. Unfortunately, this does bring the game down somewhat. Although it still looks and plays fantastically, the overly complex world makes the game a chore to play at times, and it does mean it's more of a time investment than it really needs to be. It just seems overly large for the sake of it. Don't get me wrong, it's still a great game, but I don't think it's as fun as the first one, by a long way. It's still worth playing though, but don't be afraid to use a guide to help you get through it. Banjo-Tooie even threw in a multiplayer mode, which sadly isn't a co-op, but instead a bare-bones four-player deathmatch. Basically, it's GoldenEye, but not as fun. It's not the worst FPS game on the N64 version, which is slightly worrying as it's just a bonus add-on, but you won't spend much time on it. There are a few other games in there too, which are four-player versions of mini-games that you play during the main game. It's a nice addition to have them here, but personally I'd have preferred them to use that cartridge space to sort out the frame rate, although I don't make games, so I have no idea if it works that way. 
What's especially interesting about the N64 Banjo games is that they were meant to include a stop and swap feature, where you could collect hidden items in the game and you'd be able to transfer them between the two by swapping cartridges. Ultimately, this was dropped due to changes in the N64 hardware, meaning you'd have to swap the cartridges in less than a second, which would just be impossible. The items were still included in Banjo-Tooie, and you can find the mystery eggs and the ice key, which can give you various cheat codes, and you can even turn Kazooie into a dragon, which is pretty cool. The next Banjo game to come out was for the Game Boy Advance, and is the often overlooked Banjo-Kazooie Grunty's Revenge. This is a fairly impressive pseudo-3D adventure game which keeps the same gameplay style of its N64 counterparts. You still have to find jiggies and notes to open up new worlds, there's still Jinjos to find and new moves to learn from Bozai, who's Bottle's grandfather. And I don't mean only that in a bad way, what I mean is that if you're a fan of Banjo games and you want one on the go, this one's pretty decent. It looks impressive, with bright colours and some good animation. All your favourite characters are here too, with their usual humour. This time, Grunty has transported her body into a robot version of herself, kidnaps Kazooie and goes back in time to stop the events of the first game ever happening. Luckily, Mumbo sends you back in time to rescue her and set things right. Unlike its big brothers, Grunty's Revenge is a pretty short game. There's only five levels here, and they're all pretty easy. You could beat this game in a few hours if you wanted to. Having said that, it's still fun while it lasts. The jiggies that aren't hidden in hard to reach areas of the levels are usually given after completing mini-games like fishing and racing or target shooting. What is a shame though is that a few of these are reused a couple of times, just with slightly higher difficulty or a different skin on them. Considering there's only 5 levels, surely they could have had new games for each level. You also have a boss fight on each level, which is either against Grunty or her main minion Klungo. These are always pretty easy, and I don't think I even died once while playing a boss fight. The main issue here though is the perspective. Where it's an isometric top-down game, it's also kind of 2D. It's quite confusing, where something might be below you or next to you, it's kind of hard to tell. There's plenty of times where I was sure I was going to land on a platform, only to find that I was jumping miles away from it, even though it looked like it was right next to me. It means that you'll have to learn by trial and error where some of the platforms actually are, which shouldn't really be a thing. Overall though, it's pretty good fun. There's not much to say about it, but it's worth a try if you like the Banjo games. In 2005, Banjo got the obligatory kart racer game that every successful franchise seems to get. It's called Banjo Pilot, and it's for the Game Boy Advance. Ok, so it's not strictly a kart racer, as it's in planes, but you know what I mean. Banjo Pilot was originally planned as a sequel to the incredibly popular Diddy Kong Racing, called Diddy Kong Pilot, and it was meant to have characters from Donkey Kong and Mario franchises, but apparently Nintendo had concerns over the quality of the game, so it was delayed and eventually changed to take place in the Banjo universe. Again, there's not a huge amount to say about this one. It's your standard Mario Kart clone with very little originality, other than the fact it's in planes, which actually brings it down a little bit. Controlling your planes is more cumbersome than it should be. It either feels overly sensitive or not responsive enough. It just never feels right. Also, if you fly off course over grass, for example, it slows you down, which just makes no sense. The graphics are decent enough with pre-rendered sprites for the characters and Mode 7-like graphics for the courses. They look fine, but another problem is that there's a fair bit of pop-up, so you won't have much time to collect items and hit the boost pads. This is made worse by the wonky controls. The tracks themselves are all quite basic, but they're based on levels from the game, which works really well. Also, the character selection is quite good, it's got everyone that you'd want in there, with some hidden characters to unlock by completing the cups. Overall, it's just an average racing game for the Game Boy Advance. It's not the worst one out there, but it's not really one I'd recommend unless you want everything Banjo related. And finally, we have the infamous Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts for the Xbox 360. 
There was a lot of excitement when this one was announced. Imagine a new Banjo game on the mighty Xbox 360. And then when people saw the game, they were quite disappointed by its art style and the general direction of the game itself. Now, while both of these things were valid concerns, the final product is actually a decent game. It does keep the spirit of the Banjo games, but of course doesn't quite live up to those standards. The game is still an action-adventure game where you have to collect jiggies and notes to help access new levels, but this time there's a heavy emphasis on constructing vehicles to help you complete your tasks. The story here is that Banjo and his buddies have been transported to Showdown Town by the Lord of Games, and he starts a contest between Banjo and Grunty to finally decide which one is best. This, of course, involves going through the various levels, collecting stuff. Despite people's concerns about the graphical style, it looks amazing. I love the character designs and all the worlds have a great unique look to them. Personally, I think the style is awesome. The cartoon look is spot on. Maybe the characters could be a little less angular, but that's a small complaint. So you're given a vehicle near the start of the game which you'll upgrade as you go by collecting parts or buying them. This time, Mumbo is a mechanic and Humber is a parts dealer where you can buy new engines and weapons for your vehicles. The amount of customization is actually very impressive. You can use templates or you can build a vehicle completely from scratch. Unfortunately for me, I was more interested in the platforming than the vehicle building, so I think a lot of the complexity was lost on me. You could spend hours building the perfect vehicle, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to jump around. However, when I did build a flying car that also doubled as a speedboat, I was pretty satisfied. Each of the level has the usual jiggies to find. This time though, they're all awarded through time trial missions and there's none that are just found hidden around the levels. This was a bit of a disappointment for me. Also, none of the missions last more than a couple of minutes. Almost all of them involve driving just from A to B within a time limit. Sometimes it's a race and sometimes you have to collect a certain amount of something. Basically, they're all pretty standards and to be honest, quite dull objectives and they get very repetitive. The idea being that the objective is relatively simple, you just have to build the vehicle that helps best to complete it. Some will require heavy, tough vehicles and some will require bizarre crane contraptions that fire grenades. When you've completed your objectives and you exit the level, you have to then take all the jiggies you've collected back to the centre of town and cash them in. Again, to me, this just seemed unnecessary and was more of a pain in the ass than anything. Also, while nowhere near as expansive as the world in Banjo-Tooie, I often found myself forgetting where levels were and I had to spend time wandering around aimlessly until I found where I was meant to go. But to be fair, that sounds like a me problem. Now, it sounds like I'm really dumping on this game, and to an extent I am. The thing is, I did have a lot of fun while playing this, but mainly the rare times when I was encouraged not to be in a vehicle. The game is fun and well worth a playthrough, just be prepared for something very new. In fact, even some of the developers have said it should have been released as an original IP and not a Banjo game. Now, I'm not sure I completely agree with that. When you get over the initial shock, you realise that it does work as a Banjo-Kazooie game. And if you're into customization, let's be right up your alley. So there you go, that's a brief overlook of every Banjo game so far. I hope to see more in the future, but I won't be holding my breath. Don't forget to hit those like and subscribe buttons, we upload new videos when we make them. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Reviews Brothers, where I have over 400 reviews of retro and modern video games. Now all that's left for me to say is thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time.